Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. Welcome to the week 16 edition of the Fields Fantasy Podcast. Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football here with you with some exciting news this week, don't we, Ed? Uh, exciting doesn't even begin to cover it, Mark. Would you like to tell the listeners our news? We are now an award-nominated podcast. Woo! <laughs> we found out this morning we have made the final shortlist for the Sports Podcast Awards in the Fancy Sports and Betting Podcast category, which is very, very exciting. I think we speculatively put the application in, didn't we? But turns out we are, we are as good as we think, Ed. It's fully deserved. Uh, I think it's great recognition for some splendidly hard work. So to our listeners, thank you very much to both of you. Uh, we very much appreciate it. We'll be putting stuff out, obviously, all over our social media. We'll be banging on about it for the next few shows as well. So please, please, please get involved in the voting for that. There are some big names on that shortlist. So it's going to be a David versus Goliath situation. So we're going to need the UK fantasy community especially to come out swinging for us, aren't we? Yes, and we also need more sponsorship money, please, uh, stateside. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and to our American listeners, if you can just tell all of your friends to every opportunity to tune in as well, to hear a British take on your wonderful sport, we would very much appreciate that as well. Thank you, please. A little bit of bonus news for you this week as well. Our Christmas gift from us to you you may already have heard, our festive five shows have been released this week. So we're recording on Tuesday. We've had two episodes out so far, and they are quite the entertaining listen, aren't they, Ed? As you say, they're very festive, and, you know, I've had positive comments from my mum and my wife, and that's, well, all, that's and all I are, need. They are tough eggs to crack. Especially my wife. Please make sure you give those listeners, well, nothing NFL or fancy-related at all. Just some Christmassy drafts. So in episode one, we draft all of our favourite items from a Christmas dinner. Today's show, say we're recording on Tuesday, is about festive movies and our favourite Christmas films. Check those out and see what else is to come this week. And most excitingly, there is a hell of a lot more Malcolm in those shows as well. Some bonus Christmas present Malcolm. On to the fancy content for the week, though. It was a big week for crucial injuries. So, Jalen Hurts was questionable all weekend with his sickness, travelling on a different plane to avoid making the rest of his team ill. So I pivoted on Sunday to Jordan Love and in our big money league, I ended up missing out by about one and a half points because of that decision. So I'm very, very, very sad. I'm really quite glad that we got the news about the awards because you were very sad this morning. That's made up for <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. made up for it. Yeah, I, in our big money league as well, I've, I've been having a great season, but it's just, it just goes that way, doesn't it? Everyone who I wanted to have a big score, Dak, Pollard... ETN, everyone had a had a bad week. Even Evan en Engram, who's been scoring big every week. So yeah, we're both out of the big money league. What was even more infuriating, but completely typifies the nature of fancy as well, is I lost out by one and a half points ish, and would have beaten every single other team in the lineup. I was second highest score against first. That's how it goes, though, isn't it? That's the way of the world, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not as disappointed as you. I didn't leave many points on my bench or anything like that. It was just a, a bad week. The, the silly players didn't do what I wanted them to. Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave also declared out, I had one league where I had Jalen Hurts, Tyreek Hill and Chris Olave and had also lost Jonathan Taylor in that same lineup as well. Safe to say I've departed the playoffs in that league and will be taking no further part. But we're all here because we're either fighting for a championship spot in the semi-finals week, or we're looking to avoid the shame of winning the toilet. We don't win the toilet bowl, do you? No, no. Of losing no, consecutive much... games to earn 
The toy, you don't earn it either. No, you're just in it. <laughs> yeah, it's being given, ending up... Flushed down the Ending up bowl. down the pan. Yeah. So that is why we're here this week. Firstly, I think it's time to have a look back on last week and some different names as well from week 15. After what we said was a bit of an odd week, let's see who those heroes are from week 15. Fantasy Heroes. Wide receiver one was Jordan Addison, a beautiful stat line for the rookie. Six of six for 1-1-1 one, 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 and two touchdowns. The odds were stacked against the Chargers in Vegas as two defensive touchdowns, five forced fumbles and three sacks led the Raiders' defence to 29 points. Sam Laporta had a scorcher as he was tight end one with 28.6 points. The rookie has been nothing short of a phenomenon in 2023. Dalvin may be cooked, but James is cooking. 221 yards and two touchdowns led to 36.1 points and a career game against the Cowboys. CMC was RB1, his 11th score of 20 or more points this season. A fit CMC is a fancy freak. Three touchdowns this week meant he broke 40 points for the second time this season. Goff went off against Denver. Five passing touchdowns as the Lions roared to victory. They look set for their first playoff berth since 2016. That's the positivity out of the way. Without further ado... Fantasy Zeros. QB 30 was Dak Prescott. He had no answer for a feisty Bills defence. A massive bust for him and his owners. There must have been a short circuit on the Chargers defence as they scored minus three points against the Vegas offence that scored zero last week. Just seven touches of the ball for Bijan. A lovely Christmas present from Arthur Smith to all fancy owners. Slowly walking down the hall, still got more yards than Maurice Hall. Where was he when we needed him to score high? Just one catch for Johan Dotson this week. He sandwiched the bye week with another awful week. Wide receiver 90. I reluctantly declare that this week Zay Flowers was a bust with one reception for seven yards leading to 1.7 points. Mark, you, you didn't do that properly, that last one. I did do it properly. <laughs> You're supposed to say with enthusiasm how rubbish Zay Flowers was. It didn't feel very enthusiastic, <laughs> if I'm honest. You still got the win. Had Zay Flowers been a Bengals player, I would have put more effort into trying to work in uh, Flowers, the song by Sweet Female Attitude, a bit of drum and bass mix, Ed, into it, but I couldn't put that much effort into something I was very, very unhappy about, I'm afraid. Well, he's had a good few weeks, hasn't he, Flowers? But yeah, he, he, can't, he was definite, a definite zero this week. I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. And it's like change to our order this week to help us explain why we had so many low scores from some big players. Let's begin with... Oh... The Injury Report. Oh, 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 oh. So, Will Levis, leg injury, Zach Wilson, concussion, although he left initially with dehydration and then concussion. Almost like they're making excuses for him not to be on the field, isn't it? <laughs> they're both doubts for week 16. However, I doubt they're on your roster if you're in the playoffs anyway, so I doubt that is particularly relevant. Zach Moss picked up a wrist injury on his touchdown play after looking good for the first time since taking over from Taylor. Taylor due back this week anyway, so maybe that's not going to have a huge impact. The most soul-destroying injury of the weekend, Keaton Mitchell with his ACL injury, is out for the season. Apparently it's a clean tear, which is the best way to injure it. Apparently makes it easier to heal. Jamar Chase's shoulder injury was apparently too painful to get an MRI scan on Monday, which doesn't look very good at all. He's going to miss at least a game, it said. So he'll miss the Steelers game, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the, the following game against the Chiefs. As we'll mention shortly, Jane Reed had another good game before leaving late with a toe injury. 
Michael Pittman left with a concussion after one of the nastier hits I think I've seen this season. Demonte Kazi was ejected after that as well. Hollywood Brown, injured again. Heel this time. He had a really good start to the season, but has vanished through those injuries and lack of targets over the course of the season. And someone else we're going to talk about shortly, Hunter Henry, knee injury, after it looked like he was having another solid game and was looking like a good tight end option from the waiver wire as well until that injury. But should we get into the other notables though, Ed, where we'll be referencing some of those players? Chargers 21, Raiders 63. We mentioned this on Fantasy 5 last week. High score on the game, Raiders defense 29, as we said in the Heroes. I'm assuming the Raiders were just saving all their points up from last week. They wanted to kind of bank them all against the Charges instead. It's just one of those games you just look at and you just think, you know, that isn't a real game. It just didn't make sense. I was sure that Adams had had a big game looking at 63 points. It ended up with a respectable score. Eastern Stick was usable. Eastern Stick was usable, started only 1% of redraft leagues, though. And Josh Palmer gave a big score for the Chargers, 21.30. Aidan O'Connell, 25.92. QB3, if you started him in only 2% of leagues. He was definitely here a few if you did choose to start him or had to start him this week. Solid scores across the board for the Raiders. No monster scores, though, really. 10 of 14 fancy relevant players, including the defence, involved exceeded projections, several comfortably so. Zamir White stepped up in Jacob's absence, 17.5 points, RB12 on the week. Previous highest finish, RB37. Trey Tucker. Nope, me neither. 20.7 points off his three reception and two touchdowns. His first time with more than two receptions and his first career touchdown. Who are you looking at first? So Chiefs at Patriots, not much to say about this game, really. It was a fairly comfortable uh, win for the Chiefs, 27-17. CEH and McKinnon both shared the Pacheco workload again. So they're serving you well if you've taken a punt on either of those. Rasheed Rice is up to wide receiver 23. Four back-to-back big weeks for the rookie. Someone to definitely look at uh, going forward. And as we've mentioned already, Hunter Henry was the big scorer for the Pats offence. His best score of the season with 19.6 points. But there is doubt on his fitness going forward, which is a real shame because he was fast becoming the only option for the Patriots (laughs) offence. Vikings 24, Bengals 27. Now, we were tracking this while we were out in town on Saturday evening. And at 17-3, going to quarter four, we assumed it was pretty much done, didn't we? Yeah, I'd written it off. I think the Bengals were playing awfully. So, yeah, I'd written it off. Mullins and Browning, both top 19 points. Third week in a row as a top 12 fancy QB for Browning. One-off matching Burroughs' fancy relevance over his first 11 games as well. So, he's, he's looking usable. Career game for Ty Chandler, 24.7 points. RB4, and he was involved in the receiving game too, which is always beneficial. Jordan Addison, 29.1. Had fewer targets than Jefferson, six compared to 10, but he got the two touchdowns, making him wide receiver one on the week for the Vikings. Jefferson, 15.4. Played the full game, which is a relief to anyone who needs him in the next two weeks as well. Mixon Higgins, both surpassed projections, but Chase's departure due to that shoulder injury means he's only had now five games as a wide receiver one this season. You can't put someone in the bus category when it's to do with injuries, but he will have impacted your team and your draft strategy if you did take him early. Hawkinson, unspectacular, but clocked in 12.3 points, proving his floor is always relatively safe. And he's now tied to one in the season. Another game that was not, not very pretty on the eye was Giants at Saints. Comfortable win for the Saints, uh, but, you know, a poor game for fancy owners. Kamara and Carr were solid. 
Outside of that, I'm really struggling to talk about anyone. Just to give you an idea, the highest scoring New York Giant fantasy player was Danny DeVito with just 10.68 points. Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> it's got, it should be Danny DeVito. It was Tommy DeVito with 10.68 points. So he was the highest score with that score, which is, is pretty incredible. It was a horrible week for Saquon. It seems with Saquon at the moment, it's very much boom or bust. I left... James Cook on a bench where I had CMC, Saquon and Bijan. That didn't go well. No, it did not. Also didn't go well for the Steelers against the Colts. Trubisky was as good as he could be expected to be, but Minshew's 20.6 points saw him register his third top 12 finish of the season. Najee Harris had a stinker and the few points he did accrue were hit by his fumble. Jalen Warren, 11.8. He did just enough, but not what you'd be hoping for from him, really. Zach Moss, 12.3, was doing a good job until that injury. Looked like he was finally going to have a return to the form we saw earlier in the season. Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, they picked up that work and got you some points on there. I, once again, can't imagine anyone was playing them unless you were in a deep dynasty league. Pittman only picked up 11.8 yards due to leaving that game over the concussion. DJ Montgomery came in and just took over like for like, it seemed. He came in and picked up 12.8 points. His previous stats over his whole career, three receptions for 36 yards in week 14, 2021 for the Jets. That's it. I'm not sure I'd go chasing him on the wave wire, but I'm sure he maybe will crop up in conversation later. Uh, no, he's not. Okay, he won't. <laughs> Mo Ali Cox got another touchdown. So far this season, nine receptions, three touchdowns. That's not a bad return, is it? Good old Mo. Pat Fryer's rough patch continues, 4.6 points, tight end 33. He's only got two top 12 weeks in eight starts this season so far. Not the season he'd have hoped to have. Who's up next for you? Another insipid game, I'm afraid. Texans at Titans. Very exciting so far, is it? No, not really looked out with the games this week. <laughs> but yeah, Texans and Titans. I mean, I suppose it was an overtime win for the Texans. They found a way to win without CJ Stroud, and they're still very much in with a chance of the playoffs. It was Devin Singletree who had a monster week. 26 carries, 121 yards, and four of five receptions for 49 yards. He's very much the lead back. Uh, and I think Damian Pierce is making a great case to be bust of the season. RB 54, and he was being drafted at the end of round four. So mm. he's had a terrible season. Noah Brown stood up in the absence of Dell and Collins. He got you over 20 points, so well done to him. Uh, Henry, Spears, D-Hop all had disappointing weeks for the Titans. And it was a bit of a chastening defeat for the Titans after what was a great win last week. I mean, if they're not going to beat the Texans when their offence is out, essentially, from what we've seen, then they really are in dire straits, it's, it's aren't so they? so typical Titans. Speaking of a crushing defeat after some promising play, Broncos 17, Lions 42. Jared Goff, has already said, 31.12 points. His best fantasy score since week 11, 2018. And his sixth top 12 week of the season. Those five passing touchdowns helped everyone significantly if you played him. Jameer Gibbs was the running back to take the lead role this week, but Montgomery kept his safe floor as usual, 10.2. You really don't get a bust week with Monty at the minute, do you? No useful running backs for Denver, though. Sutton, Judy, Lil Jordan Humphrey, love saying that name, all put in serviceable flex numbers, though. But the star of the receiving game were also both on the Lions' side of the ball. St. Brown, 24.2, and Laporta, 28.6. Laporta is now tight end two on the season. I think just over five points behind Hawkinson. Have we ever had a rookie tight end be the tight end one on the season for fantasy? I'd guess no would We be spent my the entirety of the off-season saying that rookie tight ends don't have good first seasons. 
the Porter's there to crush that for everybody, isn't yeah, he? He's been phenomenal. What a player. Um, my next game is going to be incredibly dull to talk about, Ed. So can you give us something a bit more interesting as a starter, please? OK, then. Yeah, my first exciting game. Niners at the cards. Um, so a, a comfortable win for the Niners, 45-29. It was another four passing touchdowns for Brock Purdy. He is QB4. He's having a great fantasy season and a great real-life season. Outside of him for the 49ers, it was only CMC, who we've talked about with another monster week, and Debo, who delivered the big points. How many touchdowns has Debo got in three games, Mark? Mm, oh, don't know. Seven. Seven. Seven touchdowns in three games, combination of receiving and oh. rushing. Let, let's talk about the Arizona receivers. They had a total between them of four receptions, Ooh. four of 13 for 20 yards. So, yes, a lovely noise. <laughs> um, but a kind of counterbalanced by Trey McBride, who was superb. He's currently tight end eight. He had a great week, 10 of 11 for 102 yards. And I noticed in Rich, Rich uh, Fancy Island, I think he's put... Trey McBride as his tight end one uh, in, mm. in Dynasty. So Falcons 7, Panthers 9. This will be quick. Jumbo, the only player you'd be happy to play in this game, 12.3, reasonable flex play. Johnny Smith, 8.10, maybe did enough to please the 4% of leagues that were started in. Not a waste of any more time in any else, except for Bijan Robinson. He lost the only points he did manage to accrue with his fumble, finished on 0.6. He probably very well lost people their playoff or toilet bowl games this week. It's not his fault, though. It's Arthur Smith's fault. I hate that, man. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Commanders at Rams. Uh, another defeat for the Commanders. Another big win for the Rams, who are very much in the playoff hunt. Somehow was benched, I think. I think he was benched after a couple of horrible games. I mean, this game, 11 of 26. Jacoby Brissett got a couple of touchdowns, but it didn't matter for anyone because he was <laughs> it was started in 0% of league, so it made no difference. I'm going to put Kyron Williams in the mix as story of the season. RB8 despite missing four weeks, and he was RB5 this week with 24.5 points. Good game for receivers as McLaurin, Cup, and Curtis Samuel all notched 20-plus points. Uh, Demarcus Robinson has been a sneaky pickup for those who've taken a punt on him. He's only 10% rostered, but the last three weeks he's scored 15.5, 13.6, and 14.7. So he's been a great flex addition if you've added him. A game that ended up being more exciting to watch than it seems on paper. Bears 17, Browns 20. Justin Fields disappointed for fantasy 9.64. But Joe Flacco seems to be a legit fancy option at the minute. The RBs didn't offer you much value. Johnson, 10. Ford, 7.1. Herbert, Strong, Foreman, Hunt all let you down if you needed to play them. Can't imagine many playoff teams had them rostered, though. Colcomet, 13.3, continues to be usable. But stars of the show were Amari Cooper and David Njoku, both passed 100 yards and got a touchdown. Both have more value with Flacco under centre as well than DTR. Cooper's 51-yard touchdown could have won me my playoff game. So that league we're talking about where I missed up by 1.5, I looked completely out until he caught that 51-yard touchdown pass. Count for nothing, though. Thank you, Jordan Love. Right, Cowboys at the Bills. What a game, what a result. A massive statement win slash result for the Bills. I think it's all setting up perfectly for them to choke in the playoffs again. James Cook was the man in this game. Over 200 scrimmage yards. Incredible, I think. Did I see that he got more scrimmage yards than the Cowboys? 
Yes, I think that's right. Which yeah, is yeah. insane. Um, outside of him, lots of fed-up fancy owners, including me, uh, <laughs> as Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Pollard, Diggs, Cooks, Davis, and Kincaid were well below their projections. C.D. Lamb still hasn't really had a bad week. Uh, he's been below 10 points only once this season. Buccaneers 34, Packers 20. Loads of fancy relevant players in this game. John Love met his projection, despite me saying he didn't do enough for me. But Baker Mayfield, 28.04 points, finished QB2 on the week and had a perfect passer rating. Baker's just looking in the groove at the minute, isn't he? He's always had the talent, hasn't he, Baker Mayfield? And I'm sure he, he will do something terrible soon and, and it will all go wrong. But, but <laughs> He's yeah. bound to get too big for his boots soon, isn't he? I think he, moving away from the Browns has made him more likeable. I think, you know, when you've got like Deshaun Watson as like your barometer of awfulness. I oh, think, yeah, he's I better think, than that. Yeah. The run game didn't get going for Green Bay. Jones only managed 10.9, but Rashad White hit again 21.9 points. Such good value this season for those that drafted him. Five receivers hit 14.5 points or more. Jaden Reed, Dontavion Wicks, David Moore, Mike Evans, and Godwin turned his 10 receptions into 155 yards, 25.5 points. His best score on the season, all without a touchdown. Kay Dotton was quiet again, but Tucker Craft is turned into a useful target for Jordan Love. 15.7 points and tie 10 6 on the week. Next up for you, Ed. Ravens at the Jags, you'll be delighted mm. to hear. Yeah, I, I described the winners workmanlike for the Ravens. They're just finding a way to win and they won quite comfortably against a tough side in the Jags. Um, you know, very much. I mean, who, Ravens have got a tough run in, haven't they? Is it the 49ers yes. and they've got the Dolphins and I, and I think you maybe have the Steelers or it's some, a tricky, yeah, a tricky, tricky run, run in. From here. But, you know, definitely on course. Well, if you win out, you're the number one seed. So um, there's, there's that incentive there. The Ravens receivers were very quiet. Rashad Bateman was the highest scorer with only 6.9 points. For the Jags, Jamal Agnew uh, starred with his first reception since week seven. He has been injured. Only two of them, but for 70 yards and a touchdown, gave him some decent points. T-Law was quiet. Lamar was solid, but on the ground he was phenomenal. 12 carries for 97 yards. He's always got that in his game. And Isaiah Likely, back-to-back -back excellent weeks for the backup tight end. Could he be the difference maker in a few championship games? I think quite possibly. I shall discuss this later on. Ah. Jets 0, Dolphins 30. No useful players at all from the Jets. No, Zach you, Wilson you me. scored minus 0.196 before he left with his head injury that was initially dehydration. I'd, I'd imagine he was just told to go sit on the naughty step for the remainder Is of the game. Is dehydration a code word for rubbish quarterback? That's Must. twice we've heard that. An athlete's get itself dehydrated. He's obviously incompetent at drinking as well as playing quarterback. <laughs> Tour and A-Chan both underwhelmed for fantasy, but encouraging to A-Chan to continue to be used in the passing game. That's a good sign for his future value, especially in Dynasty. Raheem Mostert picked up his 19th and 20th touchdowns on the season on his way to 18.3 points. Currently RB2 on the season. His previous highest finish over a whole season, 23rd in 2019. Jalen Waddle took advantage of Tyreek Hill's absence, 142 yards and a touchdown, 28.2 points. And the Dolphins' defense registered 26 points, helped by zero points conceded, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and six sacks. A demolition job, I think. Last but not least, a cracking Monday night football and a big result for the Seahawks as they beat the Eagles 2017. Uh, very much keeps the Seahawks in the race and I'm sure starts to worry a few nervous Eagles fans. Hurt scored well. I mean, imagine leaving him on your bench. Oh, uh, shut up. <laughs> but his passing was ropey as hell. 17 of 31 and two interceptions. 
His rushing, on the other hand, was insane. 18 carries for 82 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Owners of Geno Smith, I, I imagine, were quite upset that he wasn't playing. I mean, there were rumours that he could have started and that Locke got the shout. Uh, but it sounds like Geno will start next week. A quiet night for receivers. Only JSN delivered. He got 14.8 points. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were all well under their projections. Outside of that, only Kenneth Walker performed. He's been very inconsistent, but he was RB8 this week with just over 20 points. I think the Jalen Hurts situation sums up one of the struggles of playing fantasy football in the UK is that I was having to make a decision on Sunday. I'm not going to be up when the game starts on Monday evening, early Tuesday morning for us. If Mariota is starting, I'd rather start Love over Mariota. So it's kind of having to make that decision the day before. I left him in a couple of places where it didn't matter as much, but yeah, it's, it, it went wrong for me this week. I think it was fair to say in that regard. I'm very sorry. You're not sorry No, at no, all. not at all. It's quite funny. Bye weeks. There are none this week. Thursday night football, Saints at the Rams. Saturday night football, Bengals at Steelers and Bills Chargers. Your Bengals playing early again, Ed? Yeah, I look forward to watching the game this time. And uh, well, I don't think it'll be a great game. Monday night, Christmas Day football, Raiders at Chiefs, Giants at Eagles and Ravens at 49ers. So Ravens 49ers will be about half past one in the morning kickoff for us. Are you going to stay up for I it? I will be very, very asleep, seeing family on Boxing Day, and I've already signed out of parenting and family responsibilities for Boxing Day afternoon to watch that back. So I'll be going dark on social media to avoid that. That does mean there's a little bit more flex spot navigation to be done this week. So before the festivities begin, find yourself some nice quiet time to do your fancy football admin. Seats of the Week. Right, looking at then the fewest fancy points against over the season so far. QBs, Ravens given it the fewest fancy points. Obviously, we've always said Ravens 49ers. Purdy's been solid, but has had favourable matchups over the last few weeks. And he's not always been matchup proof. He could be worth a pivot this week, but it's going to be a tough decision to make. Panthers have got Packers. I'd probably bench Jordan Love this week. I mean, he's upset me personally, but I don't <laughs> think you could play him in that matchup. Jets, Commanders. Howell is on the back of a couple of bad weeks. I don't think I would want to start him at all unless I had no other options. At this stage, you're probably not going to want to rely on to win a championship, are you, at all? No, he's, I mean, he's had a great, great season, Howell, but he, these last few weeks have been disappointing. Wide receivers, Jets giving up the fewest points. Once again, commanders have already said, McLaurin and Samuel, they're probably still flex plays, but I'd be benching Dotson this week. Brown's got the Texans. I mean, Texans, watch out for Stroud-related news because that is going to skew whatever we could say. Will Collins would be back. It may be worth steering clear of the Texans entirely. It's going to be tough to tell till game day, probably. Saints have got the Rams. They're giving up the third fewest to wide receivers. You're starting the current cup every week anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Running backs, the Lions have got the Vikings. I wouldn't chance Madison or Chandler. Falcons give up the second fewest to running backs. If Taylor's back, start him. Moss, it depends on that injury. You probably not want to start him this week. Eagles got the Giants. You're going to start Saquon, but I don't think confidently at all with what we've been seeing that inconsistency this season. And then finally, tight ends. Fewest tight ends are the Titans. They've got the Seahawks. I'm not interested in Seahawks tight ends anyway. Browns got the Texans. Possibly look away from Dalton Schultz this week. He could well be the only receiving option, but who's going to be throwing him the ball? What else is going on offense? Will it be the Singletree show? And then finally, Patriots. They've got the Broncos. I'd bench Troutman and Dorsic if he's back this week as well. Before I get on to my main sits, who are you looking at, Ed? So I'm looking at a group of players. I'm looking at the Chargers receivers. Now, it looks like Keenan Allen might be out again. 
Uh, if he's fit, I, I would start with him. He's Keenan Allen, he's a lead. But anybody else, you've got sticking at quarterback and they're up against Bills and their defence looked phenomenal against the Eagles. So I wouldn't really touch Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson or Jalen Goyton with a barge pole, to be honest. Last week, we had a game of Mahomes or and... Our little sample through, that worked out perfectly. So we said Mahomes or Fields against the Browns. We said we'd probably still stick with Mahomes. That worked out right. It's called more than Fields. We said we'd start Purdy against the Cardinals. We'd have been correct too. We said we would start Mahomes over Love against Tampa, despite that Tampa pass funnel we were speaking about. That worked out right as well. We did say we'd start Stafford over Mahomes, though, with match against Washington. Also proved to be correct. I think the point there is we're having discussions about players we would never have considered drafting anywhere near Mahomes or benching Mahomes for at any point. And that shows how Mahomes' fantasy season isn't what we've used to being over the last few years, is it? I've looked at defences, though, for some of my key sits of this week. And defences, when you're going for championship games, is that bit of attention to detail that can win you the week. Like we always say, people often don't look at changing their defences via waivers until later on in the week. A couple you may want to just consider what else is available to you. Best team against defences are the 49ers. The Ravens are currently defence two on the season. You'd not be able to start them confidently of securing your big points this week, though. I think they still could. They've got that in them. But you may want to look at what else is available to you. Second, Cowboys give it second fewest points. And they've got the Browns. Browns are defence five on the season. Once again, you might not be as confident starting them and you may want to look elsewhere. Third best against defences are the Bills. They've got the Falcons with defence 22. Definitely sit the Falcons. I don't think you'd be too worried about that on a normal week anyway. We'll come on to some options you may want to look to when we get on to the start of the week. But before then, let's hear a message from Malcolm Talking on behalf of Stateside. Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! Starts of the week. The most fancy points against then over the course of this season. QBs, Eagles given it the most points. They've got Tommy DeVito with the Giants. He could well be worth a play this week. Second most, Commanders. They've got the Jets. Not interested. Who's starting for the Jets? I'm not starting the Jets quarterback. Third, the Jags. They've got the Buccaneers. I would start Baker with confidence in this matchup. You may well want to sit a bigger name quarterback for Baker with this matchup and with his renewed confidence. Wide receivers, Eagles giving up the most to wide receivers as well. Wondell Robertson could be a sneaky play this week. He could be a lovely little target in DFS, I think, this week as well. Second, Commanders, we've already said got the Jets. Wilson, hopefully he can get enough done to get some wide receiver two numbers, regardless of the QB play. Chargers, they've got the Bills. Diggs is due a big one. You're always starting him anyway because you know what he's got in his locker. Dishonest Gabe, another zero this week. We don't even mention him in the zeros anymore because he is just the quintessential zero. We should probably call it the Gabe Davis section instead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do like the name Dishonest Gabe. I think it really suits him. <laughs> I would possibly consider, though, putting him into one or two DFS lineups this week because people aren't going to be starting with confidence. He might be low roster percentage. 
and we know at some point no one will start him and he'll score 58 points. Running backs, Cardinals have got the Bears. Who knows? I'd maybe gamble on Roshan Johnson if I was in a tight spot. Broncos, second most points to running backs. They've got the Patriots. Fire up Zeke, especially if Stevenson is still out. We've not heard news whether he's going to be starting yet. Colts, we've got the Falcons. Please, can we have a week of Bijan? Although, potentially, a lot of teams that have got Bijan rostered may well no longer be competitive after that awful week this week. And anyway, it'll probably be Tyler Algiers' week to get some points. Titans, Broncos got the Patriots. Hunter Henry off the back of those two big weeks. If he's fit and he's going to be able to participate fully, he could well be worth starting. Mike Gizicki still feels too risky. Bengals got the Steelers. We should be able to play Frymouth in this, but we've not seen it since week 12, where we scored big against... The Bengals! Fire up Frymouth! He's back on track this week. Bears have got the Cardinals. Trey McBride is locked in anyway. If he's on your roster, you don't have an alternative tight end and you're not looking on the waivers for one. Who are you looking at, Edward? Well, first of all, I'll mention the Steelers running backs. Uh, the Bengals have struggled all year against the run. I was surprised they weren't in the worst three defences against the rush. I would definitely be starting Jalen Warren and Najee Harris this weekend, mainly because Mason Rudolph will not be throwing the ball much. So I'd definitely nope. be starting those. Um, and the other person I mentioned earlier, Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver at the Rams. He could be a touchdown or bust option, but the Rams' offence is on fire at the moment. And he has had three consecutive weeks with touchdowns. Only nine receptions from 18 targets, though. Are you brave enough to risk him? That's the question. He is a touchdown threat, so I think he's probably worth a flex option. Last week, time for our full disclosure. I said Rashad White was one of my starts of the week at Green Bay. That worked out lovely. I also said Zay Flowers was a starter against Jacksonville. Did not work out quite so lovely. So I will not have my flowers for that, Edward. Defences, then, giving up the most points. Shock horror. The Jets are giving up most points to opposition defences. They've got the Commanders, who are defence 31. What a waste of a great, tasty matchup during the playoff window. Second most points given up to defences at the Giants. They've got the Eagles. They're defence 22, but I think I would still play the Eagles in that situation. Third most points against defence are the Panthers. They've got the Packers, defence 23. There's no kind of slam dunk options there really are that so I've looked elsewhere because it is tough to play any of those with confidence my start of the week at defense this week I'm going Broncos against New England Patriots so they're only 36% rostered they could be a good play this week with other big name defenses in tough matchups so they could be worth picking up and the only real weakness of the Broncos at the minute is against tight ends so if Hunt Henry is out that potentially puts them in line to get some good scores. So yeah, Broncos, if you're streaming your defense and not sure where to go, could be worth a look. If we do need to pack out our rosters for our toilet bowl matchups or our playoff runs, Ed, where are we going to look? Fire from the wide. So as we've said, as we get to this point in the season, the options aren't great on the wire, but there are still some options out there. I've broken them down into position this week. So... Let's start off by looking at a couple of quarterbacks. First up, we've got uh, Drew Locke and Mason Rudolph. Drew Locke, quarterback at Seattle, 8% rostered. Mason Rudolph, Pittsburgh, has been confirmed as starter this week, is unsurprisingly 0% rostered. To be honest, I don't think either will do the business for you. Rudolph hasn't played regularly since 2019. He's only had two games in the last four seasons, nothing since week 10 of 2020. I expect the Steelers, as I've said, to run a lot. 
against the Bengals. And I'll be surprised if Rudolph does anything. Cincinnati have got an awful rush defence. Drew Locke. I don't think he'll start this week. I think Gino will be back. So again, he will probably end up being back on the wire um, or on your bench. Mason Rudolph's best career highlight so far is Miles Garrett trying to hit him with his own helmet. Oh, yes. That probably says it all, doesn't it? Yes, that was a really good highlight. (laughs) Running backs, there are three that I've picked to have a look at. Um, Some more available than others. You've got um, CEH who's now up to 47% rostered. Trey Sermon running back in Indy, 0% rostered. And Zemir White running back in Vegas, he's just over 20% rostered. Talking about CH first, while Pacheco's out, CH is clearly going to get the work and has played himself into form. He had over 100 yards in week 15. He's definitely an RB2 or a flex option while Pacheco is out. And he's got Las Vegas, then Cincinnati from a defense point of view. Sermon will only get a significant workload while JT is out and he's due back this week. I mean, he did take this opportunity when Zach Moss left the game with the arm injury. So, you know, it's a flex option if he's number one. But if JT's back, don't bother with Trey Sermon. And Zamir White, from nowhere, he had a huge week 15, 17 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown made him RB12. Is that an outlier? He's only got one other score above three points this season. If Josh Jacobs is back, then don't bother with Zamir White. He won't do anything, but just keep a close eye on that injury. I think you want to look at one of your new favourite players. Now, this is not Ravens bias. This is looking at the moves you need to make at this time to potentially get yourself a championship. And Isaiah likely is going to get a second mention from me in this spot. He's a player that, since joining as a rookie, has shown flashes of being a really good tight end anyway. Only 63% rostered, so not widely available, but potentially available. And the reason I'm putting him forward is because when we're looking at the tight end position, consistency is hard to come by when you're looking at your tight ends. Over the last four weeks since Mark Andrews been out, though, including a bye week, so only three starts in there, He has 193 yards total. That is the eighth most amongst tight ends. Five receptions of 20 plus yards. That's fifth amongst all tight ends. Two touchdowns. That's joint sixth. 10.4 fancy points per game. That is fourth amongst all tight ends. Yards per reception, 13.8. Third amongst all tight ends with 10 plus receptions over that time as well. Now, he's got the 49ers, then Miami. So it's not a cakewalk by any means, but he seems to be the most consistent target for Lamar Jackson at the moment. So on the play where Lamar managed to avoid being sacked by Devon Smoot and then he just popped it up and Isaiah likely managed to emerge from two defensive players to come with the ball, he's got that confidence to put it there to him. And as we said a few weeks ago, he's got that red zone ability and that finding the end zone ability as well. I mean, just quickly on that Lamar Jackson uh, miss sack, Devon Smoot, you saw a clip after of him just looking at Lamar and shaking his head in disbelief at what happened. I think with Mitchell out, we could see a step up in the passing game. And say in those two games, 49ers and Miami, they're going to be games where they're potentially high scoring. Potentially the Ravens could be chasing the game at some points against those high scoring offences. So he could see some really good value, especially in your PPR formats. So if you are not confident in your tight end and he's available, Isaiah likely could be the player for you. 
Yeah, I agree. I think there aren't many options at tight end on the waiver wire. Another one was Hunter Henry, but that injury doesn't look great because, I mean, Hunter Henry's only 20% rostered. He's had back-to-back -back big games and he, he seems to have linked up well with Zappi, but if he's injured, then he's not going to do anything for you. So, likely, he's not available in many of our leagues, if any, but he might be available in some and leagues. And don't get me wrong, if there was no doubt on Hunter Henry's status, I'd probably have been saying Henry instead of likely in that situation. Finally, let's look at wide receivers. So um, we've mentioned both of these already, but options are Josh Palmer. He's 40% rostered. A great score in week 15 of 21.3 points, but those stats were helped by that 79-yard touchdown grab. If Keenan Allen is out, then Josh Palmer becomes wide receiver one, but he's against the Bills' defence. He's got Eastern Stick as quarterback, so he will struggle. The better option from my point of view, third mention in the pod is Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> 10% rostered is much the better option if you're looking for a wide receiver. I would try to pick him up because I think he will score double-digit points again. A very thorough rundown of the wave wire, Edward. Thank you very much. Shall we have a look at how we're getting on with our fancy props, though? Uh, we, we can. I've no, no idea how I've done. I can't even remember who I drafted. Fantasy Props. Pistol versus Ed. Last week, then, we did our All-Stars draft. We gave ourselves five seconds on the clock to make a pick, and we chose quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and we did it as a back and forth, so you got first pick of each time as well to give you that advantage of the person who's being pitched to, but also I'm securing the knowledge that I'm romping to victory, so I wasn't too bothered. <laughs> now, when I heard the Jalen Hurts news, the only good thing I could see from that is that you'd taken Jalen Hurts here. Mm. When I heard the Tyreek Hill news... The only good news I could think of was that you'd taken Tyreek Hill here. The problem was you'd also taken CMC, so that kind of ruined all of that anyway. You had quarterback Jalen Hurts, 23.92, CMC, 41.7, Rashad White, 21.9, Tyreek Hill, 0, CD Lamb, 18.6, Travis Kelsey, 7.8, a total of 113.92. I had Lamar Jackson, 19.54. Alvin Kamara, 16. Kyron Williams, 22.5. AJ Brown, 10.6. Jamar Chase, 10.4. TJ Hawkinson, 12.3. So you had a convincing victory, Ed, because I ended up with 91.34. It was a comfortable win for you. You are now five points behind me. It's 10.5. I'm making it respectable, at least. I'm not going to have a look back at the scores for our season-long three-pointer. I don't want to ruin the surprise. To ruin the surprise a little bit though, remember you chose Danny Dimes. Yes, I think, <laughs> I think I'm quite confident it's 13-5. <laughs> what is your prop this week? Right, so I think it, we have to focus on what is definitely the game of the week, if not the game of the season. Is it, I'm sure you would like it to be, a Super Bowl dress rehearsal, the 49ers against the Ravens? It is going to be, honestly, a really nice bonus to Christmas. The fact that I've got a proper game to watch on Boxing Day. I can't wait for that. So how does that involve in our prop this week? Right. So I thought, well, how can I have a prop that um, kind of negates the CMC freakery? Okay? okay. So I'm basically going to give you a choice. You Will you take the San Francisco or the Baltimore uh, player at each position? So I'll name the position Ooh. and you will say I'm having that person and whoever scores highest so if someone goes out injured you take their replacement but who's going to score highest and i've got seven categories so then we have a you know we'll have an odd number so 
quarterback, are you going to take Ravens or are you going to take 49ers? So are you taking Purdy or Jackson at quarterback? I think this is quite tough. I do. I think this is a situation where Purdy is probably the safer pick, but Lamar Jackson's always got that ceiling. And, you know, I'm very ceiling focused, Edward. So I'm going to go Ravens. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me for it to go the other way, though. Running back. Now, this was really easy, and this is why it's just win or loss, uh, because obviously I know who you're going to go at running back. I'm preempting, but are you going to go 49? Are you going to go CMC, or are you going to go Gus the Bus? Justice CMC's Hill? got nothing on <laughs> Gus the Bus. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 49. Okay, right. I just thought that was the case. It's nice for you to give me a win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, do you know what? I don't, if, if I don't get that one, literally could not care less. No, that is true, if yeah. If Gus outscores CMC, I will not care if I won this or not. That is true. Uh, wide receiver so wide receiver you've got you know obviously Debo etc but you've got you know Flowers who could have a big game etc I think I'm gonna go this thing so Ravens have been good against wide receivers although there was some vulnerability that we've seen over the last couple of weeks you've got Debo or Ayuk basically haven't you that's what I think Zay Flowers could have a big game but we've not seen a monster game from him OBJ and Bateman have been very volume and moving the ball Debo or I, you could both have a massive week, so I'm going to go 49ers. Tight end, so are you going George Kittle or are you going Isaiah Likely? If both had a monster game, Kittle's ceiling is definitely higher. I just think it's far more likely that we see that big game from... Very Likely. good, Mark. Very <laughs> good. Genuinely, done that by accident again. I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go Ravens there. Okay. Kicker? So your great mate, well, he's not really a mate, you, you, you just love him, your favourite player, Justin Tucker, or I don't even know who their kicker is. Is it Moody? Jake Moody. Jake Moody. So is the big JT, is he going to get you, uh, well, he's obviously the better kicker. He's one of the greatest, if not of all time. Uh, Moody's had a good season though. So who's going to be kicking more, I suppose, is what you're thinking. Who's I gonna... think the Ravens will end up kicking more there. Okay. I think there's there's been a lot more field goals for the Ravens because he might have to work just to the edge of his range it's probably going to be easier than the 49ers working instead of Moody's range. And which defence is going to have the highest score? Both good, both very good defences. Could be a, could be a, I mean, you said it'd be a high scoring game. It might not be. It could be a real defensive. The Ravens' offensive line has been good. Do you know what? This is a really, really tough it one. It is. I think it could be big scores all round. I choose to defer. I want to make you choose this one instead. No, it's not allowed. No, I've deferred. <laughs> That's my choice. I've deferred. <laughs> it's not. I've deferred. Right, well, I will toss a coin then. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a pause. Okay, so heads will be Ravens. Tails will be 49ers. For reference, we've just had a little pause while Ed found a coin toss app on his phone. Tails is 49ers. So that means that you have three Ravens and three 49ers. And so for the decider... It's the, this is where we total up the points. Right. So, so the total uh, for both sides, if you add up their highest scoring quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, defence, who will have the highest total? Oh, this could be close as well. I think I'm going to go for hedging my bets. I'm going to go 49ers. So at least, I'll be happy if it's the other way anyway. Yes, and um, um, not that this will cheer you up if you, nope. if, you get, <laughs> if you don't. Magnificent. Let's move on to our betting portion of the show. Sunday Night Bet Club. Last week we looked at a red zone accumulator then, and it did not go very well. So I picked the Chiefs, Dolphins and Saints to win, which was correct. But also chose Titans, Falcons, Packers and Bears to win, which was incorrect. So I only got three out of seven correct. That was a poor showing from me. Yeah, I was going to try and make you feel better, but that's pretty rubbish. This week, though, going for a Christmas Day special, we're going to pick the winner 
and the over-under for each of the three Christmas Day games. The reason I've done both of them is because there's only the three games, so the odds weren't very high, and the three projected winners are at relatively low odds as well. So Raiders 5.0, Chiefs 1.18. Chiefs. And the over-under of 42.5. Probably go over. I went over as well, so we're agreed on there. Giants 4.8, Eagles 1.2, and over-under of 43.5. I think you've got to go Eagles despite their defeat this week. And I think I'm going over again. I went under there. Yeah, Giants won't get many. One. Yeah. Ravens 2.9, 49ers 1.4 with an over-under of 45.5. I'm going 49ers, uh, although I think the Ravens have a big chance. And I don't think it'll be high scoring. Uh, so I, I'd go under. So um, is that the opposite to you? Are you, are you going... uh, I've gone 49ers as well. Right. And I've gone for the over. So that gives us odds of 13.44. See if that comes in. Might stick a tenner on that as a little Christmas treat. However, I'm going to throw an extra bet in, Ed. Ooh. I'm going to bring it back to if I can make it five in a row. I'm bringing Scorigami back again. Right. There, were, there, were, there was a Scorigami this week. You missed it. You tend to like go when there is one. Well, there have been eight this season. That's a lot. Eight Scorigami weeks, only two in 2022. So I'm going one more time, 18.00. Those odds should be getting more favourable as they get raked in. But yeah, I'm going to throw Scorigami as well for little Christmas treats for everybody. I think we're done though, Ed. Yeah, I mean, what, what an exciting week of fantasy football and what an exciting week for the podcast. So yes, please keep your eye on our social media to help us to romp to victory in the Sports Podcast Awards in the Fantasy and Sports Betting section. And also treat yourself to Festive Five, a very enjoyable show. We love doing this show, but we really enjoyed recording those. So keep your ears out for that as well. Maybe listen to us on Christmas Day as the whole family gather around to open presents, gifts, and listen to your boys pestle and FTH fantasy football. And most importantly, though, there's lots of Malcolm there, and we know that's why you tune in, really. Speaking of the big man, do you want to call the taxi? Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.